welcome to the very first episode of Creativity Unfiltered, Real Talk, Real People. I'm your host, Alice Thorpe, and today I'm joined by my bestie, fabulous Hannah. Hannah is a YouTuber of 10 years now. We've been friends for so long, and she also runs her own dog accessory business called Sunnyside Co. I love her a lot. This chat was so much fun. She had lots of insights and knowledge to share, and I really hope you enjoy it. Well, this is very weird it feels very formal for us doesn't it it does and to say that we've both been talking to cameras for 10 years this just feels so different honestly you'd think we're used to it by now but it does it's because it's new it's a different platform it's a different vibe but it does i guess it's kind of just like a facetime for us yeah we're just facetiming with the creative besties and of course I had to have you on for the first episode because you are the OG creative bestie. I feel very honoured, not gonna lie, I hope I set this podcast off well. <laughs> what I enjoyed was that when I was like prepping this with Hannah, uh, she was like, actually I've not received a formal invite so yeah, yeah, you just text me like, hey, do you want to come to the pod? I was like, yeah, okay. And then everyone else got a very formal message. I was like, Alice, where's my formal message? <laughs> so I guess first up, introduce yourself. This is the awful question you get. Circle time with Han. Tell us what you do. Tell us who you are. Okay, and one fun fact about myself. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm Hannah. I'm 25. I'm from Essex, if you couldn't tell by the accent. I've been creating content on YouTube for over 10 years now, which makes me feel very old. And during lockdown, actually, I set up a side business, a little little small business side hustle vibe called Sunnyside Coyote, where I sell dog accessories like harnesses, collars, leads, and Alice is the graphic designer the sunny side so we work together quite a lot now actually more than we spoke like before lockdown now we're in contact like most days which is fab and I feel like we're a very good team actually very good creative team yeah I think it works well because we've known each other what for like eight years now I know that's crazy isn't it and actually you're gonna hate me for this but I found the photo of us the first photo of us together Oh no, I even remember what I was wearing. I know this photo is going to be horrific. <laughs> so I'll put it on screen for those of you watching the YouTube oh, podcast. God. Do you know what? I actually only threw that jumper out like last year. I had that jumper for so long. Eight years. So that's us at Thorpe Park. And naturally, as me and Hannah, we were the two anti, anti roller coaster ones stood watching people have fun. We were Honestly, the on the floor. Me. Holding we were the, the grandmas. <laughs> yeah. You were. But yeah, so now me and Hannah work together on Sunnyside Designs, which, how long did you say that's been going? Two years? Yeah, started in September 2021, so just over two years. Isn't that mad? And I literally remember when you messaged me to ask for design help, and now here you are. I know. The fate that rested on your reply, if you just said no to do the designs, I don't think I would have gone ahead with the business in all honesty. I was like, if, I, if Alice doesn't want to do it... Where am I going to find someone that I could like be so honest with? Thank God you said yes. I know I like that. We're like, mm, no, he looks rubbish. Turn him over, little pictures and designs. And we just yeah. WhatsApp. It's not formal. We don't do formal. No, no, thank you. I'm like, turn the little whale around in this design. Or I don't like these hearts. And you just do it. You're great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks. Just boosting my ego. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I could be bossy with anyone else like I am with you. <laughs> And oh my God, when I came to see the office, that was such a surreal moment, wasn't it? Like having me in the Sunnyside office, seeing everything in person, because I'd never seen a design in person. 
I know, yeah, just from like seeing your designs on your computer to then seeing them in my office as a physical product, that must have been such a weird feeling. It was so weird. Although I did find the reels that we filmed with really great intentions. Me that too. we never edited together. <laughs> yeah, I found them on my phone the other day, the one where I'm like walking all the way back from Doncaster and then I was going to film the Christmas designs and then I was the Christmas designs. Yeah, and now we can't do it because it's not Christmas anymore. So that was good, good intentions from us. I know, I know. We should have done a backup that's not Christmas design, but we didn't think that far ahead. I feel like that's classic us. Like we, we always talk about, it feels like online, especially that the creators are always creating and doing things and things are going on. And me and Hannah regularly like, have you done anything yet today? <laughs> Honestly, every week <laughs> we're like, are you still on your sofa? It's like 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I haven't really done much. I'm like, yeah, same. I'm watching this morning. <laughs> Hello. Keeping it real. Keeping it real. Always. So was there a specific moment or experience that sparked the idea for Sunnyside? Um, I would say kind of when I first bought Sunny home, I got her in 2020. I was obsessed with buying stuff for her, like from the minute. Actually, her first harness arrived on my birthday. And from that moment, I was like, I'm obsessed. Buying all different designs for her. I was spending so much money on dog accessories, but I couldn't find specific designs that I loved and had good ideas for. So I thought, you know what? I think it's a shop myself. But I didn't really realize at that time when I started the business how much I needed more fulfillment like don't get me wrong I absolutely love my job I love creating YouTube videos I love being a content creator obviously I wouldn't have been doing it for 10 years if I didn't love it but I mean you'll know this Al like you can post a video I upload every Sunday and it's kind of like you post the video it goes live then it's on to the next one there's not a lot of like physical reward from it it's kind of just like a, a tape that keeps rolling I found that when I started Sunnyside and I was physically packing up the orders, sending them out and then receiving like custom photos and customer reviews. It felt really physically fulfilling, not just online. Obviously there's an online side to it, but believe it or not, I'm quite a practical person. So I really <laughs> enjoy like the practical side of running the business, packing the orders, buying supplies online. I find it very, yeah, very fulfilling. I feel very content doing a little side hustle along with all the social media stuff. Yeah, I know what you mean about the whole physically fulfilling thing because I think I, we, we were speaking about this the other day. Like I say, we message each other all the time. Yeah. And it's almost like once you close your laptop, that's kind of it. There's nothing really to show of it with all the social media kind of things because I could be sat at my desk all day doing work or whatever kind of work it is. It could be really great for filling work. But as soon as I turn my computer off, there's nothing really there. So like having the physicality of, like you say, like having things to show for it, like you can walk in your office and see like boxes and boxes of stock that you've worked on. Yeah, exactly. It's a very different feeling. Yeah. I think like even when you can sit and edit a video for a day, you sit down at your desk or on your bed like I do, very informal. Your surroundings, obviously they stay the same. Like you say, when you shut the laptop, everything's still the same again and it's like it's not the most rewarding thing in the world obviously it's lovely to see people's comments on your videos or on your vlogs or whatever but it's not physically rewarding and also yeah. there's no one at the other side being like you did a good job with that it's just you whereas with physical products customers are like I love this product that I have bought paid money for received opened and I'm using 
Whereas, yeah, with YouTube, you haven't you haven't really got anyone giving you a pat on the back. You kind of got to do it yourself on YouTube. It's very true, very true. Because you're literally just working for yourself by yourself all the time. Yeah, exactly. And how do you keep the passion alive for what you do, especially during times of creative block and burnout? And I know because we've known each other for so long that we both go through this a lot. Honestly, the creative block is real. Like when you've uploaded every single week on YouTube for 10 years, People say to me quite a lot, actually, like, how do you not run out of things to say? You do. <laughs> but yeah. I find, for me, I don't know if you're the same, Al, but every now and again, I'll have one day where I'm feeling like particularly organised or particularly planny or particularly creative and I'll sit down and like come up with an idea for the next six months of YouTube videos. But I don't stick to it religiously. I'll like plan out a rough idea of what I'm going to upload every Sunday, maybe a weekly vlog or what I eat in a day. If I'm not feeling like that that week, then I'll scrap it and change the plan. But to have like a rough idea in my head really helps. And then on the days where I don't feel as creative, I can refer back to my past creative self. Those days come around quite rarely, the very creative days, but they are helpful. And you've only got to have one twice a year if you're going to plan the next six months. So it's not too bad. That's very true. I'm like planning ahead. I always find that creative block and burnout is just a given in in what we do because there's so much of like putting content out there and not much time almost to like take it in and have a moment because every time you stop and don't do anything for a little bit, you feel so guilty. Well, I do. Yeah, I do as well. I think that comes with being self-employed, probably whatever industry you're in. If you're self-employed, you feel like if you have two days off, you're like, oh my God, I haven't done anything for two days. Or even in the evening, to be honest, a lot of the time in the evenings, because especially when it's on social media, that's when people are consuming content. I feel like I have to be active in the evening. If I have an evening sat down doing nothing, I feel like, oh my God, I've wasted today. Today might as well not have happened because no one, no one remembers me today. And especially like when you, as an instinct, is to go on your phone and scroll and you see on your feed, all these other creators that seemingly look to be doing everything and have everything together and then you're like oh I'm actually not feeling that now it just adds a lot of pressure sometimes I think yeah exactly sometimes I look at my phone and I think how are people creating so much content like I just feel like I don't have enough to say to be posting an Instagram reel every single day or a TikTok every single day I don't know maybe maybe I'll feel differently like once I've moved out in my own space I've got the house to talk about but right now like I can manage the weekly vlog on ramble for 25 minutes a week but it's difficult it is hard to stay creative and have a creative mind every single day especially when there's so much online every time you turn on your phone you can't help but compare yourself to other creators I think what it comes down to, Han, is actually we're kind of boring. <laughs> Do you know what? I think you might be right. But I also think we're just we're just very normal. And I, sometimes I question, do people want to see normal? But I always get good feedback if I say to people like, do you want to see me at home or do you want to see me out and about and traveling the world? Not that I do that. But people always say they love the normal, relatable, boring vlogs. So, I mean... Happy to stick with that. That's what I am naturally. <laughs> we are grubbers at heart. <laughs> we are, truly. And did you find that when you started earning money off of your creative work, it sort of changed your mindset on it? Because I know for me personally, it almost adds that extra level of pressure because you don't want to you don't want to make it all about the money, but also you've got to earn a living and you also don't want to learn to hate it kind of thing. Kind of, a little bit, yeah, I do know what you mean. When I first started earning money, it was really exciting. So it was like, 
almost even more of a buzz. Like I was like, oh my God, I can be creative and I can earn money at this. It's like a massive bonus. 10 years down the line, obviously you've got to pay the bills. So it kind of forces you to be creative every week. You have no choice. You've got to do this. So I guess that does add a little bit of pressure. But then, I mean, I absolutely love doing this and... You can't really complain when you're filming your everyday life anyway and people are enjoying watching it. I feel very lucky to be in that position. I love the filming of it and then it gets to a Saturday evening and I'm editing the weekly vlog and I've lived it. I'm editing it. I'm checking it over at least twice. I think, oh my God, I'm the most boring human on the planet. So yeah, it adds a little bit of pressure, obviously, because when you're a grown up, you've got to pay the bills. When you're a creative person, I do think it kind of comes naturally most of the time and if you're just yourself, that's what people want to see, luckily for us on both our channels. Yeah, and I think there was definitely a big shift because obviously eight years ago when we both started, we were still basically teenagers. Like we were only just becoming adults. We didn't have bills to pay. Like nothing was that serious. We just sort of did it because we enjoyed it. And even more so back then, it wasn't even really a career still. Like it was still a bit of a novelty. Whereas now people start doing this job for the sole intention of making money so for us it seems like a bit of a bonus like it's still a bit of a novelty for me sometimes yeah definitely 100% agree I think if I was starting it today going from like a normal job to then think actually I want to switch want to be a creator that must feel so much pressure to have to make that money from day one from the get-go whereas for us it's kind of like a gradual thing I think it probably was a lot easier and yeah you're so right like we're doing it because we love doing it. We enjoy doing it. You make money as a bonus. It was never the sole intention. So I guess that's probably where it's different. Even for people like starting TikTok now, if they want to make a living from it, they'll go straight in, like go hard or go home. They'll be on TikTok shop. They'll be doing TikTok lives, uploading TikToks every single day. I can imagine after not too long, that is going to feel like a lot of pressure. Whereas I think with us on YouTube, it's a lot more stable. There's a lot more of a community, a lot more... I don't know, I just feel like with long-form content as well, sorry, I'm going right off on a tangent here, but I just feel like with long-form content, it's just more solid. It almost feels like a more solid foundation, and it's just fun. We've been doing it for a long time, and now we're earning money at the same time. It's like, yeah, like you say, it's a bonus and still a little bit of a novelty. I still think to myself, how am I making money from this? <laughs> me too. And like, <laughs> I'd never take it for granted. Anyone who's watched me for a while will know that I got an office job for six months. Like classic nine to five, working in an office. And oh my God, it was the worst thing I've ever done in my life because I think it almost I needed that reminder that I didn't forget that I was lucky, but I almost got stuck in my own ways of thinking like, oh, it's so difficult. And actually it's difficult to motivate yourself as a creative, but the actual physicality of the work is not. And I'd much rather be sat doing things and having fun with my pals and then making that money if and when I can than sitting in the nine to five. Hell. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, me too. I think we are so lucky to do the jobs that we do. And like, not everyone's cut out for a nine to five. I'm definitely not. The people that do a nine to five, I think, oh my God, hats off to you. Like, absolutely passionate because there's no way that I could but then on the other hand it kind of irks me when people say about our job like being a creative being a creator oh anyone could do that because it's not true like it's not it's not a physically difficult job no. but it's still a difficult job mentally like you say to motivate yourself and I think I kind of compare it <laughs> I mean not the best comparison but to being a singer 
not everyone can be a singer or an actor. Not everyone can act. It's still a creative industry. Not everyone can naturally talk to a camera, have the motivation to do it week in, week out, sit there and edit it, like teach yourself the basics of editing. Not everybody can do that. And I think we don't give ourselves enough enough credit. Yeah, it's not a difficult job, but it's not it's not easy either in so many aspects. In a lot of aspects, we are really lucky. Like you say, we get to be at home. We get to work off our own schedules. But I also think that kind of merges in with being self-employed no matter what industry you're in. Yeah, very true. And I think the main element is the self-employed part of it because I thought when I got that office job that I needed someone to like hold me accountable and I'd do so much better with someone telling me what to do. And actually for a little while I thought, yeah, this is fine. But really as a creative, naturally, I'm not going to just be creative in those nine to five hours. Like that's just not how it works. I've now worked out that I am more creative after like 4pm and that's the most prime time for me to do creating things. So yeah, it's just honestly, I'm always grateful. And anytime I'm sat thinking this is really difficult, I just think back to that awful office (laughs) and remember actually (laughs) we're very lucky and we definitely don't take it for granted. But I feel like if you've watched both me and Ham for a while, you'll know that anyway. Yeah, definitely. I think when it comes to being a creative person, you can't force it during the hours of nine to five and you can't suppress it in an office job either if you're creative maybe if you're a creative person you're listening to this and you're stuck in an office job this is your sign to take the leap because you just never know what could come of it and once it sounds so cheesy but once you like let your creativity free like release it you never know what could happen so yeah it's just it's one of those things isn't it it's kind of like a talent you're born with (laughs) (laughs) all right all right (laughs) What can I say? (laughs) I do fully agree. Like anyone listening who's thinking, oh, well, I'm stuck in the office job. Even if you just spend like an hour, a couple times a week doing whatever it is, I don't know, opening a little Etsy shop on the side, it will give you so much fulfillment. I think that's 100% worth it. And there's no shame in sticking at your office job because it's secure and then letting your creativity do its thing when you can. All right, enough seriousness because that's not us. Uh, In the true spirit (laughs) of creativity unfiltered, can you share a mistake or setback or anything you've accidentally messed up and what did it teach you? Right, okay. So last year, you'll remember this very clearly, Al, there was a little setback that I had. Given it wasn't my fault, but oh my God, the drama. So obviously being a content creator, few different platforms are important. YouTube, Instagram. Instagram deleted my account completely out of the blue. I hadn't done anything wrong. I promise you guys, I had not violated any guidelines. I am not that kind of gal. <laughs> so yeah, they just deleted the account. It sounds really over the top, but when it's a big part of being a content creator, the panic within me, oh my God, I can't even explain. Like I was worrying about how I'd get my followers back. Obviously, it's been built up over like the past 10 years. Then I was worrying about the memories that I had on that Instagram account. I was worrying about the brand deals, about fees being lower, obviously, because it goes by how many followers you have. I was thinking if I've only got 3,000 followers, the fees are going to be way lower. Like, how am I going to sustain an income? I am quite lucky that Instagram isn't my main platform anyway. YouTube is where it's at for me, my OG. It was terrifying. I would definitely consider that a setback. Luckily, after about four days, I did get my account back. But during those four days, it made me realise actually how much I rely on social media for validation from people. 
And for me, it's like the news. Like I honestly felt like disconnected from the world when I didn't have that account for those days. I was thinking, what's everyone up to? Like it was like a lifeline. So it did kind of make me realize it wasn't very healthy the way I was using that platform. But I've gone straight back to it. So <laughs> I mean, I didn't really learn that much from it. <laughs> That was such a stressful moment. Even for me, it wasn't happening to me. I remember when you messaged like, oh yeah, by the way, my Instagram's been closed. I'm like, what? You seem so chill about it when you messaged me. Oh yeah, that was post breakdown though. <laughs> there were many tears, stress, the heart racing. Um, but yeah, I mean, when it happened, to be fair, I just thought, thank God it's not YouTube because like YouTube is the heart and soul of social media for us. When, when you're a content creator on the platform we are, if I'd have lost my YouTube channel job gone unemployed that day yeah it was scary so I'll consider that a setback but I did learn from it so now I try not to rely on social media for validation quite as much and I do try to put my phone down a little bit more not great it's a work in progress yeah always you can only do what you can do you know (laughs) yeah exactly but as for mistakes I don't I mean I'm a Leo so I'm gonna think that I've made no mistakes in my entire life obviously I have but I mean, there's little mistakes on YouTube, like, I'm sure you've done this as well, Al, like when you're filming PI Box or something and you leave your address label oh, in the video. Oh, the stress. And then you get people commenting, oh, you left your address in it at this time. By that point, the panic sets in. You set the video on unlisted. You're trying to edit it on the YouTube studio creator. Oh, my God. it's It was scary when that happens. Do you know what? It happens quite a lot with me, to be fair, on Sonny's ID tag. I'll be filming Sunny out for a walk. And obviously that's got my full name, my address, my phone yeah. number on it. Oh, God. There's been quite a few times when luckily I'll notice it in the editing and I'll either blur it or I'll cut the clip early or something. But that could be such an easy mistake to make. And it's that's a big one. Yeah. Not quite as a big mistake as you've had in the past. Though, oh, Al. I know. Oh, my God. Are you going to tell that story? Yeah. So <laughs> when I sent Hannah these questions, I was like, by the way, we can keep this lighthearted. For example, when I accidentally got my nipples out on YouTube. I wonder when that was. I reckon that was like five years ago. So I was doing a try-on haul. Some of you might remember this. And if you do, please let me know. I mean, let us know if you saw Alice's nips. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was doing a try-on haul. And for some reason, the footage that I cut out, I left at the end of the video. So like the whole video was edited all fine. And then at the end, there was just the clips of me changing between the outfits. And like as I was leaning over... My bra was gaping because I've got no boobs. <laughs> you can just see my nips. And I just remember, like, I sort of post videos and then don't look at them because if I start looking at it, I find it, like, a bit stressful. So I just ignore it for a couple of hours. I open my phone and they're like, uh, Alice, I think you need to cut the end of your video. And I have never been more mortified in my life. Honestly, I remember that so clearly watching that video. It got to, like, the last three or four minutes I want to say and it's just one long clip of Alice getting changed from that moment forward Alice learned not to film herself getting changed on camera and to actually just film between the hours. I know and I, it was it was the lazy person in me ultimately I am a lazy creative I want to do things the quickest fastest way so the reason I did that was because I didn't want to keep stopping the camera so rather than stopping it <laughs> I just got changed in front of it when the other solution to that is just to walk out of shot and get changed like why did I stay why did I stay on camera and I've never done it since exactly <laughs> I hope and do you know what I actually think about that so often because I think when I'm filming something this is like the overthinker in me I think I don't want to film something that I don't want to put on YouTube because if my laptop breaks and I have to call a guy and he has to watch my screen to help me fix Final Cut Pro or something 
there's no way I wanted to see footage like that. So thank you for your mistake, Alice, because I actually learned very well from it. And I think about it quite often. It is my Roman Empire. <laughs> I'm so glad you think about my nipples that often, Han. We really are best friends. <laughs> Going back to not talking about my nips. How do you <laughs> find balance between work and life? And I feel like this is a bit of a mean question for me to throw at you because we've already established that both of us are sat at 11 o'clock watching television, doing nothing. So actually, I don't think we've fully perfected the balance part of this question. But no, I think we've perfected the life. Yeah, maybe not so much the work. <laughs> yeah. So, but if you have anything, have you learned anything over the ten years? What What have you got to say about this one, Hans? Um. Yeah. No. To be fair, I think when you're a creative person, like I said, you can't force it. You can't work certain hours in a day. But it's hard not to feel guilty about that. I do think that breaks are key, though. So, I would say over the past like year or so, I've made sure that I have Sundays off, like. I very rarely film on a Sunday. I never edit on a Sunday unless I've got like a tight deadline or something. But pretty much every Sunday, I will be walking the dog, going to the woods, going out for lunch, going to a little cafe, getting a coffee, sitting and watching a film, just doing something that's completely away from work because I think that's so important to recharge. But I will say every single Sunday evening, I plan the following week and I find that so good for being self-employed like I will write down every task of that week split it up into days to kind of like keep me on track because when you're self-employed you've not got anyone saying oh we need you to do this Instagram post by this day obviously if it's a branded one then yeah you do get the deadline but if it's just a you know filler post or whatever you haven't got anyone there to say you need to post more on Instagram so yeah I do find it really important to switch off um, but sometimes I do take it a little bit far, but then you feel guilty about it. So I kind of feel though, like, yes, we might be watching telly at 11 o'clock in the morning, but every Saturday evening without fail, I will be editing the weekly vlog. So I kind of make up for it. Like sometimes I'll be doing that till like two in the morning or whatever. So I think it kind of evens itself out. Uh, I mean, I can't remember the last time I had a Saturday night to myself or went out with my friends or had a relaxing Saturday night because I know every week without fail that needs to be done and it always gets done to be fair i write down every task of the week majority of the time they all get done apart from like the one pesky one that follows on to the next week <laughs> yeah i was just gonna say i don't know whether you're gonna out yourself here or i was gonna do that but me and han regularly on. make these to-do lists and just they'll be like that do you know those one tasks like that you just you just can't be bothered to do like it's a bit of a long one or whatever and it moves from Monday and then you don't do it on Tuesday. So you move it again and then you move it again. And then you've ended up moving this task over for the whole like next three weeks. You've done yeah. that before and I definitely have done that before. <laughs> oh, I'm doing that currently. Honestly, for me, that task is doing a PO box haul because I know that people don't love watching it. But I always want to, because I'm so grateful for the products that I get sent, I always want to show them that appreciation on social media at some point. But I know that people are skipping through those Instagram stories. So it just feels really difficult. And also, I don't, when I do a PO box haul, I don't just take a picture of the product and upload it. I'll film different shots of it, edit it in CapCut, and then upload it with music and tag the brand or whatever. It feels like a lot more effort than it actually is, <laughs> I will admit. But that's one of those tasks that gets put down the list, down the list, down to the next week, down to the next week. I think I've been putting off this PO box haul for like five weeks now. This goes back to like when we filmed this Christmas reel that had great intentions and we were being so 
productive and amazing. And then the further up the camera roll it gets, the less likely it's going to get edited. That is so true. The amount of content that I will film, especially on my phone, on my camera roll, you're so right. And then it just, nothing happens with this footage because it's two weeks later and I think, oh, that's old now. That's boring. So the amount of times I film stuff, never edit it and it never sees the light of day, actually criminal. I don't know if this uh, podcast episode is going to be motivating. I'm not quite sure what, what we're aiming for here because at the moment we're just sort of outing ourselves that actually we're kind of lazy. But I think what yeah. happens is, like you said earlier, it comes in bursts. Like I'll have maybe a week where I'm feeling a bit flat and down like my anxiety is quite high etc etc and then I'll have like two weeks where I'm firing out like new projects like the pattern workbook for example I'd been procrastinating that for a solid six months once I'd set myself the date I gave myself two weeks to get six months of work done I managed it I kind of killed myself in the process but (laughs) we do it just you know in waves as and when (laughs) in our yeah we do it on our own terms I would say Yeah, so when you see these Instagrammers that are like, you need to upload every single day, you need to do this, you need to do this. And I know that adds the pressure because I'm I'm that person watching it like, oh my God, yes, I do. Um, If that's going to like be a detriment to your own sanity, then don't do it like that. Do it whatever way works for you, I think. Yeah, definitely. I think the key sentence of this episode of the podcast is you can't, you can't force creativity and you can't suppress creativity. It comes in bursts you got to go with the flow. Some days you'll be lazy. Some days you won't. But it evens itself out in the end. What an amazing quote to take away from this podcast. Was it? <laughs> Was it? <laughs> On that note, uh, one final question to leave our lovely viewers. Viewers? They're not viewers, are they? They're listeners. Our lovely oh, listeners. This is weird. so different. It's yeah. so weird. I mean, if you're watching this on my YouTube channel, you're a viewer. Congratulations. Welcome. Um, all five of you. <laughs> um, Hannah, what have you got any words of wisdom that you'd like to share with people wanting to get on this creative journey? Whenever I get asked this question, my first train of thought is always create the content that you enjoy watching or consuming because like, I love weekly vlogs, for example, so that's what I make because I find it interesting. Every week, it's fun to make it. Or if you're going to start a creative business, create a product that you would use or that you've found a gap in the market for that you genuinely would, it would benefit your life. I think that's great. But also this is quite a recent discovery for me. I've realized that you don't need to be a millionaire to be successful. And actually having time is so much more important. Like, yeah, I might not be earning 10 grand a month, but... I can go out for lunch with my mum on a random Tuesday. And to me, that's a lot more valuable. I think as long as you can pay the bills and you can get by, not everyone needs to be a millionaire. But I feel like you see so much of that online and it's so easy to compare yourself to other people who do earn a lot of money. I think that's what you need to be doing and that's where you need to be in life when really it's not. Life isn't about money. It's not about finance. It's about time, memories, friends and family, health and all of that stuff is far more valuable than money and if you get to be creative and love your job and have time to do all those things to me you are successful it's not defined by how much you earn or how much tax you pay I love that and again going back to what you see online and the pressure it causes like I keep seeing people saying what I've earned this month and it's like 10 grand a month like ridiculous numbers and someone's like a little tiny part of me is like oh that would be so good but then actually 
like you say, as long as I'm paying the bills and I've got enough money to maybe go on holiday twice a year and I can pop out and go out for lunch with my mum and treat her to lunch. Like that's that's what we want. And I think the key probably is surrounding yourself with people of a similar mindset, which I guess is why one of the many reasons why me and Hannah are such good friends because we've got a similar kind of mindset. We're not in that like hustle culture, burn yourself out, work 12 hours a day. We want to just get by, make ourselves a nice, cute home, spend time with our loved ones and have a good time while we're doing it, you know? Exactly. And that's what life is all about. What words of wisdom? Look at our sky. I know. What a great first podcast. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. I think it's, I think it's gone well. I think we can be wise when we want to be. I know. Now let's go back to talking about my nipples. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Han. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's been so fun. I'm so honoured to be your first guest. I know. And um, of course, if you want to follow either of us, I'll leave all of our information in the description of the podcast. Is that a thing? I don't know. I'll figure it out as we go. We'll find out. We're learning <laughs> and growing in 2024. But yeah, thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time for another one. Mm-hmm.